Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala Pie Radio, South Asian show. My name's Gaines. I'm here with Halima and Simran, and we're all done. Hello. Yeah, we're probably done. <laughs> Carlos yeah, wasn't done, done until we started recording. <laughs> he was fine before. This has to be the longest week in human history. Oh, my God. You know, I thought every day this week was Thursday. Like, every Wallahi single say. day. Wallahi say. Bro, Wallahi are we the same person this week? Imagine how crushing it was. You think it's Thursday and it's only Monday oh. afternoon. You know what? I really um agree with the statement that Tuesday is the worst day of the week. Tuesday's worse than Monday. Because at least Monday you got a bit of pep in your step, like you're just like, okay, fine, get over, let's get it over with. But Tuesday is like this day sucks and there's still three more to go. Like I understand why they say Blue Monday. Exactly. I really do. This is what I'm gonna say. It's probably why you're feeling like the way you're feeling, because oh. it's the week of Blue Monday. Um having said that the amount of companies that turn that into a marketing ploy, I think is really weird. I got so many emails like, let's not feel blue this Monday, 30% off on jackets or like a, like a gym emailed me and was like, we're doing a special blue Monday offer, three months, half price, whatever. And I was just like, really weird thing to try and capitalize off, but cool. No, okay, I'm gonna say something and it's gonna blow your mind. Okay, so I was out with my friend on Blue Monday and I was telling her, and I was feeling like this. I was literally, I had to drag myself out of bed. I didn't be, didn't make any effort. I literally went out in my Crocs. Um, and I was telling her like, Gil, it's Blue Monday. And then she was like, well, what on earth is that? So I'm telling her, yeah, like these scientists like basically figured out, you know, using this these metrics that today is like the most depressing day of the year. She went and researched it. It's it's It was basically a phenomenon that was, created and spread by sky travel scientists were like it's all pseudoscience so it, it that in itself you know how similar when you're saying like oh it's been used for a marketing ploy it was a marketing ploy from the beginning because it's basically this whole idea of oh my god it's the most miserable day of the year everyone needs to book a holiday speaking of halima oh yeah i did it again you guys i booked another holiday Another, mm. another holiday. It has literally been 10 days since I, my last holiday. 10 days since I booked my next holiday. And I've booked another one. And I've made my entire itinerary for summer. I just, it's the only thing that gets me through. I'm sorry. It's actually the only thing that gets me through. I respect Yeah. Good It's been you. a miserable week. I'm telling you, the vitamin D tablets I've been taking since last September, I've been oh, doing that thing. I need, I've been to, all right. I need to get on it. Touch wood, Vahe Guru. I've actually been pretty good this winter. Like I haven't had I haven't had seasonal depression. I've just had regular depression. But I don't think it's been like seasonal. Wow, so teach me. You know what? I keep saying everything. Honestly, I keep saying all the time. This man, this. No, I know I need to. And I've even got some in my house and I just don't take them. But I'm going to start. Do you know what? After this call, that's what I'm going to do. I need to order some magnesium. I've been hearing some really good things about magnesium. What's yours? Just vitamin D. I can't see. It'll make you go toilet magnesium, Will. Um, I got cod liver. I've got cod liver. Some fibre and some uh, vitamin D. Yeah, probably start vitamin C as well because I heard it's good for your skin. I just don't take um, it. It's, it's been doing this thing. and I think I did the right thing starting in September as well. Right, do you know what? From tomorrow, I've literally got like, I've, I've got boxes. I've got, I've got zinc. I've got vitamin a vitamin b vitamin d vitamin c i've got mm. i've got all letters of the alphabet vitamins right right there <laughs> still don't take them vitamins please are going to do a raid of your house soon that's a terrible joke isn't this such a like mid-20s conversation take what your vitamins, vitamins are you taking right now take your no flipping the start of this call and we jumped on is exactly this in a nutshell because i was saying to these lot right that my to-do lists used to be like clean your makeup brushes charge your airpods like such simple things like just the most like little baby cute tasks um and now it's literally like apply for a credit card open a savings account open a monzo it's just like i just seems to be all money related yeah as you can tell i'm really behind on what i should be doing financially I don't have a credit card but yet, guys. if it guys. makes you feel better, this is my Monzo. <clears throat> I've done it. My my to-do list is 
is is got a lot of things ticked off, right? But there's a lot of oh. things not not ticked off. Actually, no. Actually, I'm looking all right, you know. Oh my gosh! Look at this! Look at this! Wow! Stuff. That's a lot of stuff. Oh my! Oh. Is that the stuff that you have or haven't done? These orange ticks I've done. I've done everything. Wow! And then I've got those Different. at the top left. You know what? I, I, I I'm not bad at this adult stuff, but it's about getting oh off my ass and doing it. Wait, what else is on your list? My ADHD assessment, booking it, book another doctor's appointment, uh, to chase Eurostar, get some money back. Um, my Monzo, booking a dentist appointment, Monzo, savings account, get my eyebrows done, uh, order my graduation pictures, deep clean the bathroom, hoover the house, laundry. Things like that, wallahi, I'm not even joking, take me like months to do. Like one of those tasks would That's take me months. Like, my... Honestly, writing it down though. No, they're all written do down. It. It's all written <laughs> down. Like that's, that's my actual ADHD. Like my graduation photos, it, my graduation photos were taken in July. And I didn't order order them until um, when my parents were in India, which was October. So that's my like that's my task, my chore turnaround time. What's that? Three months. I think what happened was with me, right? Is I put so much importance on the to do list that it became like be all and end all. And then actually, there was this um this thing that kind of changed my perspective on things. And it was um I don't know what the actual name of it. It's something the five minute rule or something. And it was like, you just start a task for five minutes. You can just put a timer on, do it for five minutes. And if you don't want to do it anymore, cool, you've done five minutes of it. But usually after five minutes, you're so into it now, you're just like, all right, I'm just going to get on with it. And to be fair, a lot of things like admin stuff can be completed within five minutes as well. Like one of the biggest tasks I put off for three months was just to send this email, like complete some forms and send it in an email. It took me five minutes. I, I finished it before the timer went off. And I was like, I was like stressed out about that for three months straight and I just did it in five minutes. That's me, I must do with every single task. But I, the, even the five minutes doesn't even work for me because I just think like, oh, well, if I'm not going to do it after five minutes, what's the point in starting it? Oh my God. So oh, bad. and I have this thing where like, okay, so obviously I've got to the point where like this to-do list looks good because a lot of things are ticked off, right? So I will go on the train and I'll start scrolling through my to-do list so people on the train can look at my to-do list and be like, what a productive <laughs> girl. So it's like, it's kind of like, people are going to be like, oh, don't do it for other people. But like, if that's what gets it done, Mm. Yeah. I'm cool with Sim- it. Simran, I'm going to be honest. I think you need to sit down and chill and stop moaning about... Actually, no, everything is relative. Everyone's allowed to have their own struggles. But trust me, you have everything so much more together than a lot of people. And you're like three years younger than us. It's okay. I'm going to cry. <laughs> like... I will cry. You know, I can't handle hearing things like that. Like, I can't. People tell me they're f- proud of me and I, like, literally lose my mind. No, I will Simran, cry. Do- I'm looking at you right now and I'm thinking, teach me. I wish I could do all of that. Even vitamins. I can't even take vitamins, bro, and they're on my desk. Oh, get yourself a pill box, man. And it's pink. So I feel like that really helped. I don't know why. It just really, if it was like a, I don't know, if it was like hospital blue or like white like or something a reward. like this. Yeah, it's like a reward. Anyways, I woke up this morning and my mum had texted me, don't drive in this weather. I'm thinking, what is she on about? And then all my family and all my friends are sending me videos of Manchester and it's looking like Lapland. Lapland. And all I can say is that I'm glad it's you lot and not me. Yeah, no, I mean, it was nice. And also my dog, Poppadon, was like playing around in it, which is cute. But um, once once it melts and it goes off the ice, it's a bit like meh. Also, I made the mistakes of going out in Crocs. I don't know why I did that. Like, it was a very bad idea. Sorry, quick aside. Are you one of those people that swears by their Crocs? Like, you go everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 1,000 million. It must be a north-south divide thing. No, because people do it here and it's embarrassing. 1,000%. Have you ever put a pair on, Simran? Yeah, they're comfy, but, like, in my house. I love... I told you, like, I went out on Monday... And it was literally like minus one and I was getting about in Crocs. I'm not going to lie. I, I literally, you know what? You know when I knew it was bad? When I went to my birthday dinner and I'm dressed up, hair done, makeup done, nice outfit. And, and I just, I couldn't bring myself to change out of my Crocs. And I went to my birthday dinner looking all, looking like money with Crocs on. But do you know what I noticed though? Like, because I honestly, I do wear them all the time. Even with like nice outfits when I'm going to nice places. People genuinely don't really tend to look at your feet. 
I would look. If you're looking good, like your hair's do- your hair's good, your makeup's good, your outfit's good. Very few people really look at your feet. Maybe you just know a lot of tall people. Potentially. But I do swear by Crocs. Yes, yeah, same. So take that, Simran. Not all of us can whip out money to buy Yeezys or whatever you have. Air Forces, man. Well, whatever. Even Air Forces are like... Ah, uh, sorry, I got little baby feet. Junior size, 50 quid. Oh, my God. The the markup in Air Force prices. I feel like there's two ways, three ways, really, of telling the rate of inflation. Number one, house prices. Number two, Freddles. Number three, Air Forces. I wouldn't know. Yeah, Carlos, I've not seen you not in your Crocs in a long time, to be fair. I need to get rid of some of my clothes, to be honest. I'm going to swing them my way. Really? What do you want? I don't know. (laughs) My probably um, will fit you. What size um, shoes are you? Five and a half. Okay. What about Halima? Yeah, yeah, but that's I was thinking about what size, though, because I have baby feet as well. Do you? I, what size should you wear? I think I have the same as Halima. Why are you? I'm I'm size seven. Yeah. Yeah. Is that baby feet? feet? For a guy. What's like, like average? Like ten, I want to say. Ah, uh, I didn't know that. I, I don't know. I think it is like just like how five foot ten to six foot I'd say is the average height oh, for a guy. Ah. Anyway. <laughs> but. The reason why I wanted to ask about feet is, I don't know if either of you watched The Winter Love Island. I have. Oh, I actually have. Yeah, and there was this guy, Harris, who was saying that his turn-off, if he's a girl, has above size five feet. And then Maya Jammer was like, well, I can't date you then because I've got six and something. He's like, wow, did yourself there, mate. Nah, I would, I would, I would have to take back everything I said. Maya Jama looks so good. Yeah, she's doing a good job, and I think Maya Jama, the thing that I like is her walk. Um, she's actually smiling during it, like she's having a good time. Like you know, what I mean, it doesn't feel like she's mm. trying too hard. When she came on yeah. in the first episode, she was wearing like a little red, like tupi. She looked so good. I literally said to my mom, I was like, Stormzy is punching the air right now. Anyway, back to the bad vibes, right? <laughs> because the reason why I wanted to also talk about the snow is because a lot of people will be like, snow, uh, can't be bothered, don't like this. Meanwhile, this seems like a perfect time to talk about what I think is the first of this year. <laughs> There's been a lot going on in the UK over the past week, be it that. Too much. Too, too much. much. I mean, you there's know, when always... We, when, we were, when we were talking about the kind of like the agenda for today's show, like what we're going to discuss, and obviously like you sent that list, my response, I was going to respond saying, oh, okay, sounds good in terms of like, yeah, it sounds good for like discussion topic. But then I was like, no, actually, no, this sounds good. <laughs> sounds terrible. It is all, <sighs> it's all terrible. I mean, there's almost too much to get through in the time that we've got left, but I reckon let's just... Speed run, speed run. Yeah, work our way through this. Right, first off, Suella Braverman, Home Secretary. She had a run-in with a Holocaust survivor earlier this week. Last Friday, Joan Selter, 83, told Suella Braverman that her words reminded her of language used to justify the murder of my family and millions of others. Um, during the Holocaust. Um, Suella Braverman has previously referred to um, the migrant crisis in the UK as an invasion. Braverman thanked um, Miss Salter for her question and said that she shared a huge amount of concern and sympathy and frustration about the challenge of immigration. She added that her parents are immigrants. However, she argued that as Home Secretary, she had to be honest with the British people and would not shy away from the difficult truths. She said, I won't apologise for my language I use to demonstrate the scale of this problem. We actually, we spoke about it, didn't we? Like when we spoke about the um, attack on the refugee centre, we literally spoke about this exact thing. When Remember that clip where I say, like, listen to the language she's using listen to kind of see what it provokes in the British body politic and then deep what she's really saying. We spoke about this kind of whole notion of loaded language and what specific phrases mean and how they work to 
like dehumanize and, and render an entire demographic of people as subhuman so as to legitimize the violence that's being enacted on them. Like we we spoke about that and I'm not and I am and I am as as kind of sympathetic I am that you know a Holocaust survivor has to sit here in this day and age and kind of see with their own eyes the way that history is repeating itself. Um I'm also I feel a little bit vindicated that it was a Holocaust survivor that came forward and said it because obviously like who knows better than them right um but this is exactly what we mean when we talk about loaded language and and the way that you know as I just said it's used to kind of like legitimize certain forms of violence against certain demographics I mean I think the thing I was shocked about was that she didn't backtrack at least a bit I was kind of expecting it to maybe kind of maybe not apologize or or like give a, a proper apology but maybe kind of blur things a bit and kind of be, give a bit of like a wishy-washy response but instead she's outrightly responded saying i don't apologize for using this language to talk about the scale yeah. of, the, of the problem as well that's, yeah that's yeah it wasn't even like a politician's answer like she said like where you kind of okay fine you might in part validate what this person has said while still maintaining your stance. Like it was just very much like, actually, I know what I'm saying and I know why I'm saying it. And this language is, is warranted in this situation. It's, but that is kind of like British terrifying. politics in a nutshell at the moment. They've given up with the politician way of doing things and it's just straight yeah, up true. like, this is what brazen. we're doing. Yeah, it's very, very, very brazen to be honest. I think they've even like, given up they've got so much confidence now like just to do things and they know like you know like have you ever been on tiktok and you've seen something about british politics and everyone in the comments is like if this was france we'd be in the streets rioting or like if this was x country we everyone would be in the streets like why is why is no one like literally rioted yet don't I've know been said this as well man good question been said this. great question um because like now they've gotten away with bloody murder so i just feel like they they they're on a roll <laughs> it's a figure of speech by the way well i think this is the problem right i think covid especially and... <laughs> you know <laughs> sorry i know this is actually old news now but i'm not over party gate like that actually yeah. blows my mind that that mm. a happened and b got such literal reaction comparative to what it was they were they were partying. They were. They were. They had wine and snacks and cheese boards. People were dying in hospital but this beds. This is how. Like this is why. Like, kind of. It's like. It's so masterful, right? Because what they do is like they overwork their their body politic. They like they 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 do everything that they can to subdue the public, whether that's overworking them whether that's underpaying them giving them bills um <clears throat> and a cost of living crisis to be concerned with so that when things like party gate come up we have very little energy left to actually direct or channel any kind of outrage or any kind of like organization or collective protest um towards them never mind the fact that they are now actually putting like ratifying um, anti-protest laws. Never mind that. We even don't even have the energy to get to that protest stage because we're so busy, literally trying to heat our homes and put food in our table so like we don't die. You know, um, that's why they're just so. It's kind of like they they know they understand what they're doing to the public and they know that we will not have much sustained energy to actually hold them for account, but. You know. I just am slowly realizing that it's such a bad vibes island that it's soon it's going to be time to get off and go somewhere else that's less bad that's, vibes. That's why I booked flights at one a.m. because I'm sat here and I'm thinking. Oh, no, I'm saying move, move. I can't. I know. Yet. I'm dying. I'm dying. You got. You know why I watch Lilo and Stitch during work hours today? Because I just I'm obs. I just I really want to go to the Pacific. I just know for a fact, I know I've said it on this show before and I'll say it again. I'd, obviously, I wouldn't go to Hawaii under these circumstances. I don't know if you guys know, but like 
the locals, the natives in Hawaii are basically telling people to not visit there because the tourism industry is just shagging them. Um, but I just know for a fact, if I woke up in Hawaii every day, I wouldn't mind if there was a cost of living crisis. No, I'm joking. Of course, the, the problems are very valid. <laughs> I'm joking. No, but I just know I would be happy. Well, mo- touching on what Halima just mentioned there about the anti-protest um, legislation that's coming into place that takes us on to the next bad vibes issue prime minister rishi sunak um took to his twitter um the other day um and his tweet read before christmas i promised to better support law enforcement to stop disruptive protests today this government has delivered on that promise and what they're referring to there is that there's been confirmed changes to the public order bill, um, which aims to clamp down on highly disruptive and dangerous protests. So the changes that are going to be taking place, um, police will not need to wait for disruption to take place and can shut down protests before chaos erupts. Police will not need to treat a series of protests by the same group as a standalone incident, but will be able to consider their total impact. And police will be able to consider long-running campaigns designed to cause repeat disruption over a period of days or weeks. Um, It's worth bearing in mind as well, the other thing that's been in the news this week, is that Metropolitan Police Officer David Carrick has pled guilty to dozens of rape and sexual offences against 12 women committed whilst he was a serving officer in the Metropolitan Police Force. Following his um, pleading guilty, the Metropolitan Police has revealed that it's investigating a thousand sexual and domestic abuse claims involving about 800 of its officers. Now, and that's just the Metropolitan Police. Oh my so whilst you've got whilst you've got Rishi championing championing giving more power to the police to stop these protests, in the same news week you've got metropolitan police officers being arrested for their abuse of power, and like that's crazy. Like eight hundred serving Guys, close metropolitan your eyes. police officers. Genuinely, everyone at home listening right now. Close your eyes for 10 seconds and actually try to physically imagine a room of 800 people. Like, it's not, it's not sometimes when we give like big figures, they, it kind of obscures the extent and the breadth of what we're talking about, right? It's very easy to, to become obscured. 800 is a seismic number especially when you think about what the 800 represents, 800 individual police officers in just the metropolitan, so just one police force, not even across the all police forces in the country, just one police force that are now being investigated. And it's it's literally, it's like, it, it sends me a bit west because it's like, you lot are obviously wayward, right? Who's investigating you? But it's not as though, because it's not as though, like, okay, now that they've found 800 officers that that need investigation, that that's an exhaustive number. It's not to say that it's only 800 police officers that are doing this, that and the other. There's still bare that have not been caught out, right? That's the kind of logical assumption to make here before before we get into trouble yeah i mean when you look at the um those graphs that people put out about um sexual assault cases it's like a like of a hundred people it's like two that maybe get some kind of justice and a massive amount that just never face any sort oh, of that's what i'm saying so yeah. these 800 police officers now who's going to be investigating them your wayward friends I'm sorry, no police officer, there's protocol in the police force, no police officer rarely ever acts alone, right? If a police officer is on duty or, or if they're, because they must, they, they're obviously exercising their police powers in order to, to be able to commit these, commit these crimes without, you know, um, without consequence. Obviously, there there will be officers on duties with them or whatever that will be privy to, okay, maybe not the full crime, but some aspect of something, something fishy, right? But And, and yet, it, it's, it goes unnoticed. So, 
once again for me the scary thing isn't even the number of 800 it's it's the kind of it's the, it's it's the knowledge and the fact that that is that in itself is not an exhaustive number but there's still a lot more within the force and that they will be the ones doing the investigations and and giving the verdicts and that they will go easy on their colleagues and their peers and their friends you know it's like when those officers got um, done for taking the picture of those two sisters Absolutely. that had been murdered. I think the reason why they got caught out was because they put it in a WhatsApp chat, I think, mm. um, which is, I don't know whether it was someone from that chat that reported it, but if, they, they, if they're comfortable enough to think that they 100%. can put a photo in that chat, 100%. what does that say about the people in that chat? And, and and also like that might have, you know it might have just been one day that someone in that chat decided that that line was was just enough that that line had had was was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Imagine all the other stuff that had been put in that chat and and chats similar to that, you know. And 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 it's terrifying because it's like okay, we see how absurd all of this is, but what can we do about it? Can't even organize a protest. Because now the same people that are committing these crimes and abusing these powers are the ones that have been bestowed with even more power by our benevolent prime minister to do the very thing that might actually have any hope of instigating any kind of change. A representation, though. Yeah. To conclude, are we done? No. We've got one more thing to do. <laughs> there are more bad vibes. There's seriously never-ending list. Yeah, no, this is the last thing on the list that I know of anyway today was the worst day to talk about bad vibes like it's already <laughs> bad vibes bro i'm already i'm hang, i'm hanging on by a thread already like before we even jumped on this call i'm <laughs> this, <laughs> even this was me yesterday final bad vibes thing the uk government has blocked the implementation of the scottish gender recognition oh. reform bill this legislation had sought to make the process for legally recognising trans people's gender more respectful and straightforward, aligning with international practice that's been endorsed by the UN and adopted by 30 countries. It was going to introduce a system of self-declaration for obtaining a gender recognition certificate and remove the need for a psychiatric diagnosis of gender dysphoria and reduce the time someone must have been permanently living in their gender before they can apply from two years to three months or six months for 16 and 17 year olds this is the only time that section 35 of the scotland act has been used since 1998 i.e the government interfering with what's going to be passed in scotland um, it undermines the devolution settlement and is basically going to lead to a load of constitutional upheaval over the next couple of months um, the reason for which um, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, the, basically the reason why people are finding fault with this bill in the first place is to do with that, um, the simplification that they're advocating as part of this bill um, of self-identification essentially of one's gender rather than having to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria. They're arguing it will fundamentally alter who can access women-only services and leave them vulnerable to abuse by predatory male offenders. Oh, this is such a boring argument. It is so boring. Is it? Is is it's that so argument unimagin- worth literally it's ruining so the UK? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Actually, I didn't realise that's what they were saying. This argument has been regurgitated um from from the beginning of time like homophobic people have literally ratified homophobic legislation since since it became a legislative issue and their argument has always been if you're gay you're more susceptible to sexual depravity you're gonna rape and you're gonna molest and you're gonna be a beat about that's been their argument since time. And it's like, show us the statistics. Show us the statistics. It's like, if you think about the number of people that actually are trans and the percentage of people, and then think about the stat that we've just had about how many people within the Metropolitan Police Force are actually doing that sort of, that sort of predatory behaviour that we just Sorry. talked about. Yeah, it's mad to say that that's, you're protecting people that identify as females from literally what you said, 
male predatory behavior. They're never been cared about. They're never but cared about women like that. When it's like any other context where females are vulnerable walking home at night whatever it's never a man versus women issue it's never male predatory behavior it's just predatory behavior or why were you wearing headphones and why were you walking alone at night time absolutely that's a word that's a word essentially what this Make is, it is sense. or essentially what this is is bad vibes and tour britain for because <clears throat> by the way this is not just like a yeah we recommend you guys do this they've actually contravened for the first time in what 25 years um, yeah, since 1998, yes, 25. Mad, mad, mad. So Scotland said, no, nah, we're still going to do it. Or England said, no, you definitely can't do it. They, they the basically, UK said, you can't do it. Yes, yeah, so Scotland, and by the way, you know, this is what I mean when I say bad vibes on tour, right? Because it's, it's England that is particularly awful, in my opinion. Scotland, they have some good laws, you know, like Nicola Sturgeon and Butker. They've got like free uh, higher education. They really, really Tax-free look after free sanitary new- products. Yeah, they really look after new mothers and babies in their country. And now they're kind of they're trying to aid and benefit and support trans people in their country, which is the decision that the Scottish government made for the Scottish people. Which is how how British politics works. They have that power. They are allowed to do that. Britain's that's too much effort watch. going towards something that's transphobic. Like you're making too much effort to be transphobic here. Britain said, too "Not on my watch." It? He said, "If they," Britain said, "Sorry, England said, not on my watch." If I'm transphobic, you too, you must be transphobic. You can't make me look bad. It is so sad as well because aside from the fact that obviously this would have made the whole process of being legally recognised as being the gender that you are. Um, a bit more less it would have made it less demeaning for these people to go through i've seen so Mm. many stories about i'm not i'm not sure as to whether this is it's something to do with the way that the bill was going to help but a lot of trans people when they get married they legally are required i don't know if it's if if it's if they're not actually recognized um legally as that of a gender or or whether this was part of the bill that was going to change but i've seen so many stories of trans people that have been forced to refer to themselves as their um, birth sex their birth they're born with gender when they're getting married Mm. so say if you're a, a trans woman your partner would have to say oh i take thee to be my husband which is like le- legally, you have to do that if you want to get married. And it's like I, I it's don't terrible. understand why they're forcing I people think, to go through I think all this. I, I, you know what? I understand why, as like non-trans people, because of course it has to be non-trans people that are like passing this law. Um, why you know they might kind of with a lack of actual compassion and understanding and insight, they might look in and, and think that this is um, an oversimplification. But actually, the people that we should be listening to are the people who the law actually impacts, which is actual trans people. And 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 from the beginning, what trans people have been saying is that it is simple. It is that simple. You know, being a trans person or identifying as, a, you know, as a gender that you weren't born with is actually that simple. And so the process should reflect that. If someone is saying, I was born as, you know, a male, but I identify as a female, and and it has been like that ever since I can remember, then why, who are we as people who don't live in that person's shoe or have no trans subjectivities? Who are we to like question that? It is obviously a very small percentage of people who might, you know, have like gender affirmation surgery and then revert back to their original gender or whatever. But it, once again, if if a, it's a small percentage and if that does happen it's not the end of the world there's protocol for that you know so yeah and again i think you just see so much um demonization and vilification of the of the situations of the very few situations where that type of thing happens and then you use oh what 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 about these 16 year olds that want to have um gender reassignment surgery and then they regret it like it's like what okay but how what are the stats then how many of the people that get the surgery actually regret it exactly it's so unlikely like i said listen to what trans people say is their experience they know from a very young age that they were born into the wrong gender <clears throat> and <clears throat> and and that remains with them you know like if it's as simple as them you know to kind of to come into that then 
as I said, the, the process should should reflect that as well. And also, like, it's a bit hypocritical. Like, at 16, you can do so many things, you know? Like, can you fight in a war at 16? I feel like you can. You can definitely join the army. I don't know whether you can right. go to war, but, like, yeah. Basically, you're right. You can do so many things at 16. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing to end this with, and there was a very... Um, I'm not sure who they are, but there's, um, I believe they're a trans woman and they've been going around sort of doing the rounds talking about this. Um, I know they did an interview with um, Lorraine recently on ITV and I think the it was a very like open and honest discussion, which was nice. I was almost shocked to see it on daytime TV. Um, but the one of the things that they said was... Um, if they're worried about like stopping um, predatory predatory male behavior, i.e. Um, the idea that by passing these laws and making it easier to identify as a different gender, it will allow um, people who are actually male to falsely identify as female just so they can go into the toilets. If you're saying that's predatory behavior, what is this this passing this law isn't going to stop that predatory behavior is always going to be there like it's whether you pass it or not they're still going to find a way to do that educate cis sexual men boys and men can i also say that can i say yeah who's doing all of that i'm sorry in a society let's look at the rate of like rape conviction right let's look at the rates of conviction for any kind of gendered violence more time men are getting away with it i'm sorry what man thinks yeah oh yeah i feel to rape a woman or i feel to enact some kind of gender violence let me go get gender reassignment surgery and become a trans woman in order to do this they don't need to do all of that we already have the infrastructure for for massive gendered violence literally there were protests in this country just last year they do not need to go to those extents. They can do that anyway, and they are, and they have been, and they are continuing to. Literally this week, there are 800 of our police officers under investigation for that thing. What, did any of them police officers think, mm, yeah, I need to go become a trans woman? Come on, bro. Even, like, I don't think it's, like, for example, with this um, legislation, I don't think you would even need to go through surgery but it's like even even that even that box in it that's what it is yeah but even that is like a lot of effort to go through in order to do this if someone like that that. is going to perpetrate something like in in that nature that we're talking about they're going to do it they're going to go through whatever means to do it and they don't need to check the box if that was the case then then the the rates of kind of like rape and gendered violence would be disproportionately higher for trans women but we're just we're looking at like an an educational issue and we're still offsetting the blame of men who perpetrate these crimes and we're we're neglecting the fact that what they need is education from a very young age and it's if if you can use for one argument like this and say oh predatory male behavior we're trying to mitigate that and we're trying to like make sure that none of that happens but then when it comes to like cases such as sarah everard or honor killings or sexual assault and violence sexual violence and gendered violence in the uk suddenly it's not a male it's not a male issue yeah essentially we're we're sacrificing you know like trans people in this fight in this pseudo fight they only want to own up to it when they want to when they want to further their transphobic or homophobic agenda 100 percent. because any other time you don't ask what you're sitting quiet you're even protecting them this is the only arena in which you care so much that you're ready to make sacrifices. Okay, then. Yeah, we really believe you guys. That concludes this week's episode of Bad Vibes Island, or segment of Bad Vibes Island. It's a whole episode of Bad Vibes Island, bro. <laughs> we it were was... Bad Vibes Island for the first half. I really woke yeah. up in Bad Vibes. Today, I, I, my body was like, yep, you're really waking up in Bad Vibes Island, capital. Oh. <laughs> But um, make sure you stick around for the next hour. We're going to be joined by Collective Punga to have a bit of a chat about themselves, what they're about, and also a bit of a mix as well. So that should be really fun. Stick around for that. But Halima and Simran, I will see you soon. Next week on Thursday. Next week. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, We're in the studio, guys. We've got some fun content. Right. It's time to chat to the lads at Punga. Medley, what are you saying? Call us. I'll introduce you to the mob in it. So you've got Manj up top there, 
UKG producer. You must have you must have heard of his stuff that he's been doing with his edits and whatnot. Been going off quite crazy. You know what's Felix. funny, um, man? Do you, do you do the um, Godira Challenger um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thing? Yeah. I, I heard it on um, Asian Network the other day, and I was like, okay, oh, that's it. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I said up for a bit of fun, you know. I was like. Let me just remix this tune and see what everyone's saying. And yeah, people people liked it, so... I think it needed to be done. Like, someone yeah. needed to do that, definitely. Yeah, with the yeah. Speedy G twist, you know. And then we've got Felix Dubs over here, Mr. P, a.k.a. Felix Dubs, the one and only legendary producer from Birmingham Way, making their slappy rhythms for over 10 years plus. And you get me? That's fun guy, isn't it? <laughs> I said, are you, are you used to like introducing them like that, or is that like completely off it? Because like, it sounds really, you really, either really good at bigging them up, or you're so used to saying that like every time you introduce them. I think oh, that's just that's just medley, and it medley's got bare yeah. love and energy for everyone. So it has to be said. It's no if they ain't gonna say it, I gotta say it. If no one's gonna say it, I gotta say it. Thanks so much to all three of you for taking the time to like speak to me like all at once. Really appreciate yeah, it. Man. Yeah, no worries, man. Appreciate you getting us on, man. Like, real talk. You get me? It's only right. I've seen what you man have been doing, and, like, it's sick. Enough about bigging us up. <clears throat> Let's talk about you guys. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, you've done the liberty of introducing yourselves, which I really appreciate. Um, tell me about what is Punga and why that name? Basically, Punga just means problem, like, issue in Punjabi. So, from what we've seen anyway, there's not much love for the South Asian people in the electronic music scene. I mean... Last few years, London's been getting a bit of love, but nothing in the Midlands really. Like us, us three individually, we're all sick at what we do, and we just feel like we're not getting given the appreciation we should probably deserve. So, Bongard basically stands as and means to like cause an issue and show people like, yo, we're hearing it, pay attention to us, and we also want to do the same for other people as well. So, other people from the Midlands, especially South Asians minorities who aren't getting the love that they deserve so yeah that's basically the roots of the name would you say that at your core what you would call yourselves is an electronic music collective or is there more of a niche area that you would put yourselves in i'd say between us it's it's all that it's electronic music in it because yeah it's 140 it's grime it's garage it's it's all stuff that's comes under electronic music like we used the technology to make the music so i would say yeah man it's electronic music and it <laughs> just call it underground like that's the way i put it i don't feel like if i say electronic it sounds a bit sounds a bit fruity in my eyes but like you know what i mean i hear it though i call it i just it comes under that wing in it it's under underrepresented and whatnot like underground i just put it under that wing but it is electronic at the core of it yeah it's all come from electronic equipment and that's the roots of these genres they're stemmed in yeah, yeah, yeah true in drum machines and synthesizers and samplers so but not to like go like, yeah, we're not EDM, like that's electronic dance music, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like all that festival kind of stuff. That's not really what it is. It's more house, garage, grime, I'm a piano, jungle, nice. breaks, all them kind of genres there. How did you guys actually end up like meeting each other? Like how did the collective come about? We've known of each other like for a while. We're all like supporting each other's music and what we do. And um uh, yeah, I just thought it'd be a good idea just to get together and just make something out of it. So, like, when you come together, obviously, I've seen like some of your like um, live mixes as well, and you all kind of like sort of you're you're aiding each other when you're yeah. on the decks. Like, so what would you say that each of you bring, like, sound wise? I'd say Felix has got the one forty Amo piano house and some R and B like soul alternative R&B kind of vibes under his belt. Medley's obviously got everything. He's, <laughs> he's a, he's a self-proclaimed uh, bear genre selector. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah. And then I've got house, garage, jungle breaks, some 140 and the alternative R&B as well. So I feel like individually we've all got our own fortes, but then we overlap as well. And who would you say, like, are your main influences, both, like, individually and, like, as a collective? Like, are there people out there that are sort of doing it like what you're doing? Or would you say that you're, like, a bit more, a bit of, like, pioneers in terms of the variety of sound that you're actually bringing to the table? I'm not sure, Count. Not sure was more, more 140s kind of stuff and jungle yeah. and, and drum and bass. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anyone who's covering from, like, 
120 yeah, all the way to like 160 even like below 120 we've, we've covered some R&B and soul as well in some of our shows so I think it's quite hard to to think of someone who's out there doing something comparable but in terms of inspiration and stuff there's there's obviously DJs that I look up to anyway like DJ DJ Q is a massive inspiration of mine like every time I've seen Tim DJ live it's just it's just mad crazy and but job BMC as well like if, you, if you're talking on the production side of fusing Punjabi culture with the UK culture I mean yeah. he was the originator of that and without him we wouldn't have all the Punjabi garage that we had in the early 2000s obviously you've talked about like how you don't know whether there's anyone out there collectively that's doing it like what you're doing but in terms of when you're going out and getting these gigs, like putting on these events, like obviously like right now we're on radio as well. Would you say that there's much of a space for what you're doing or are you having to sort of like craft it out for yourself and sort of like wedge your way into lots of different spaces? Do you know what I mean? So I feel like when it comes to doing certain shows, we did a show in Birmingham um, in December for Calm. And I felt we had a good control over the room because we could play sort of Amaran House and then build it up through sort of 140s and then a bit of jungle and everything. And I feel we could encompass sort of certain things. So I would say in that aspect that like we can, obviously we can hold ourselves in it. Like we're not, you know what I mean? We can hold ourselves in sort of any arena, in my opinion. Unless you two think different, but I feel we can hold ourselves in most arenas. Yeah, I feel like, there's a bit of a niche as well for it because, like I said, it's it's covering loads of different different genres, and yeah, I think in the last year we've got good reception. So doing something right, people obviously liking what we're doing. So yeah, man. Obviously, like you're three brown guys, and like you mix in um, influences from Punjabi music, from South Asian music into your music, and like it sounds sick when you do that. But have you ever found that? people are kind of either have these like pre-envisioned stereotypes of what you're meant to be doing like when you put yourself forward say if you'd sent them the picture of you guys that we've used for the poster would they like be like oh are, are these like do you reckon people's minds immediately go to thinking oh these are um let's say something a bit more like what daytimers are doing where they're very much like centered in south asian is the like main identity of what they're doing Whereas for you guys, I'd say it's a lot more like varied and it's kind of like where it works, you might bring in those influences. Like, do you find that people have those preconceptions or have people been, am I, am I like, am I being prejudging of what people would think? Is it the name of it? I get what you're saying because I feel like a lot of times when I have to tell people like, oh, I do music. Um, they'll be like, oh, what do you do, Bangra? Like, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Individually, not really because... I've kind of just told people from the get-go what I do and what I'm, I'm about. I, yeah. Before they could even have that stereotype, I'll just say, listen, I, I make garage music, I DJ garage music. Um, mm. I listen to Bongo, I enjoy it, but it's not my it's not my number one number one thing. And it's, it's not the only thing that I do and I'm interested in. And I think with regards to Bongo, it's difficult to comment on what stereotypes people are going to have in their heads because like, whatever they're thinking is what they're thinking. Uh, but I feel like it's one thing we try not to to focus too much around being oh we're South Asian this because yeah. then people are going to have that stereotype and then basically don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into that identity of we're brown so we must do Asian music we're brown guys who are doing underground UK music and there's hundreds of us in the country there's probably thousands of us in the country that exist who listen to this music and DJ this music and we know about five people who are in the scene when there should be way more. So I think that's the, the general idea of Bunga is to kind of show, listen, South Asian people don't just listen to Bunga music and we don't just listen to Asian Network. We, we actually listen to like Rinse FM, we listen to to represent, we listen to all these other shows and we listen to this other music as well. I think you nailed it on the head there as well. And I think especially for us that it's about the music and the Midlands identity being really represented where one of my friends messaged me recently, he asked for like a list of DJs from up north. And 
the certain names I was given, I sort of, I even thought for a second, I was like, there's way more than this, surely. But there isn't. And I feel like for us, we want to represent that. And, you know, that may inspire someone down the line to go, you know what I mean? These guys are not far from where I am. I want to do my thing as well. And you know what I mean? Keep the waves coming. Because that's what matters at the end of the day. With that in mind as well, would you say that like representing the Midlands is something that's like quite important to you as three people hailing from that area? Yeah, 100%. All day. No, I think it's really nice um, to see that as well because obviously being Northern, I... I'm fully like championing this whole like why does everything have to be in London like this that like I'd, I'm like done it like even with work and stuff I'm trying to push as much as I can to like not have to go places because I shouldn't have to go like two hour get a two hour train just to do stuff you know what I mean but within that conversation I feel like a lot of the time the Midlands kind of maybe does get forgotten about because it's very much like a north south divide and then it's like people maybe forget that there is this sort of like in between area that's not really getting like the attention that it deserves. So definitely having people like you guys to actually like put it in front of people and say like, no, we do, we are here. Like there are plenty of people in this area as well that are doing it good and potentially even better than some of the people down South as well. So like you should like give us a chance and give us these opportunities as well for sure. Obviously, you're going to play a mix in a second. Um, but before we get on to that, like, what's the goal for Punga? Obviously, it's been around for, like, um, like you said, like, around a year. Um, and already it's got a growth. It's got a name for itself, that sort of thing. Where do you want it to go? Like, let's say, like, by the time you're approaching your two-year anniversary in a year's time, like, where would you like to be? My two-year goal is to say that we've done a couple of events. We've got a reoccurring amount of events going on. And, you know, we're just representing for the Midlands with Wicked DJs and just, you know what I mean? And people are turning around saying, yo, them guy, them bonga guys, they're doing something up there in the Midlands that people want to come and see because you can't see it anywhere else, you know? Like the way music is and should kind of be in a certain sense, you know, for like, you want to go, you go to certain places, you go to certain raves to see certain artists and sort of, certain crowds like there's a whole thing going on the midlands that should be seen and i feel that's one of our like big calls personally you know and to like churn out our own music because we've got obviously we've done some band camp releases as well like one of the main focuses is is us releasing our own music as well yeah i echo echoing what bedley's saying really um obviously get get some regular consistent bookings in maybe like do a few festivals who knows don't want to write nothing off um also you know with regards to Bonga as a platform, help other DJs, other producers from the Midlands who wanna who wanna get get involved, get into the scene, maybe have some releases on Bonga as well, merch as well. We got we got mm-hmm. we got more merch coming because people are on our case about about t-shirts. Um should have some collaborations landing soon as well. So that's mm-hmm. another that's another thing we want to put a bit more focus into as well. And if people do want to like follow your journey, like potentially get merch when it does come out, that sort of thing, like where's the best place for them to um, find you and listen to your music, that sort of thing? So Instagram, PNGA with four underscores. It's a bit of a long one, but PNGA was taken. So we just thought slap four underscores at the end because it's jokes. Um, yeah, everything's on Insta really, isn't it? And then SoundCloud as well. Soundcloud.com forward slash PNGA CRTL. Um, and then through those, you can find our links to everything else. So you can find our bank app links. You can find everything really. Huge shout out to Medley Manj and Felix Stubbs, AKA Punga for this sick mix. Make sure to go check them out on socials as well as ourselves, Mango Masala Radio. We'll be back same time next week, two to four here on Pi Radio.